Hello, and welcome to another installment of the Shelf Care Interview, an occasional conversation series where bookless editors get to nerd out with authors and artists. I'm Sarah Hunter, editor of the Books for Youth and Graphic Novel sections, and today I have the pleasure of chatting with Johnny Christmas about his debut middle grade graphic novel, Swim Team, which was starred in the May 15th issue of Bookless. Our reviewer said about it, empowerment through swimming and swim team is well embodied in Brie, a smart, perseverant, anxious kid who readers will embrace instantly. The friendly and familiar style of Christmas's line work pours out into some true artistry. Special thanks to HarperCollins Children's Books for sponsoring this podcast. So here's a little bit about Johnny. Johnny Christmas is the number one New York Times bestselling and award-winning graphic novelist who's perhaps best known for co-creating Margaret Atwood's series Angel Catbird and for adapting William Gibson's lost screenplay for Alien 3 into a critically acclaimed graphic novel of the same name. After gaining plenty of acclaim in the world of sci-fi and speculative comics for adults, he's making the move into middle grade comics with Swim Team, the first of several projects for the age group. A graduate of the Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, New York, Johnny makes Vancouver, British Columbia his home. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Johnny. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about Swim Team and your inspiration for the book. The inspiration for Swim Team, when I was a kid, I fell into a pool and I almost drowned. And that event stayed with me and it affected the way I relate to swimming waters, pools, beaches to this day. So when I, I, so years ago, I started like making a comic about it. It's like the only autobiographical comic I've ever made, actually, you know, and it was around the event. So I started there and then I would come back to it and I would do a different version that had fantasy elements. And I do all these different versions to the point where I finally landed on one using, it's easier for me to get close to the inner truth through fiction. Like if I fictionalize it with this iteration with Swim Team, it really helped me to get the the feelings around it, the anxieties, the entire experience encapsulated of the story within this uh, telling of it. So that was the impetus of it. And uh, yeah, and here we are. And I'm, I'm so proud that 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 it's out and it could hopefully help some uh, some other youngsters like myself. So much of your work up to this point has been drawing comics primarily for adult audiences and solidly in the science fiction or fantasy arena. How has working on this realistic middle grade graphic novel been different for you? Uh, it's been liberating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, when you're working on stuff for adults, especially in North America, a lot of our comics for adults are centered around a lot of action. So no matter what's going on in your narrative, you got to have an action sequence with, with perhaps some violence or some sort of something like that going on. So as uh, my, my notes file of stories, potential stories was just growing and growing and growing. And, and so many of them I just couldn't use because they were about, you know, um, a gentle swim team or something instead of like <laughs> there's nothing there for the general adult uh, audience in in North America. So it was quite liberating to actually be able to tell the story. And that's why I want to tell so many more of these stories in, in the middle grade space, because you you can, there's a wider breadth of storytelling possibilities, at least for me, you know, perhaps there's someone out there who's, who's found a different way to do it in North American adult comics, but I haven't. So I'm very excited. And it also, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to do comics for kids because they were my contemporaries, right? I didn't think of it as comics for kids. I just thought about comics for my friends and the comics I, you know, I was reading at the time, like Calvin and Hobbes or Peanuts or, you know, uh, Curtis or, you know, Kathy or whatever it is, you know, when I was that age, whatever I could grab my hand, get my hands on, I would read any and all of it, you know? So 
And so much of it was so radically different. All of the ones I mentioned are completely different from the others. So I really enjoyed the versatility of the comics that seem to be attributed to that audience. But I think they're comics for everyone, honestly. What initially drew you to the middle grade audience? I feel like you sort of touched on this in your last answer, but if you could elaborate a little bit more. I was always thinking about writing stories for that audience when I was a member of that audience because I was writing comics since I was a kid and just coming up with little stories. I remember myself and my older brother at one point, we were going to try and come up with a newspaper strip to send into the Miami Herald where I grew up about this character. We we never really, I don't, I don't think we ever sent anything off, but like we were crafting, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, get the story up and running and, you know, you have a punchline. And so what, what drew me, I guess I'll, I'll say I never left, you know, so that was always part of it. So when I, when I ventured off into adult comics, I continued on with my contemporaries, but I didn't leave that kind of storytelling and the kind of stories behind. So yeah, I'll, I'll say I never left and it's exciting to actually do it in a professional way with, with this book and with this, you know, wonderful publisher and and with this topic, that's it's pretty uh, close to my heart. And that's the other thing, like it, when doing stuff for adults, like you, you get your you get your biographical touchstones in there and, you know, your through lines and where you can. But with this and the other stories I'm telling, they're so much more direct, even even with the fictionalization of, of the stories that I'm telling here. It's, it's far more direct than when I'm, I'm writing stories for the adult space. Yeah, there's like a vulnerability, I think, to writing for middle graders. Because I feel like that's a really vulnerable time in your life. And you have to kind of like embody that a little bit when you're writing for kids who are at that age who are going to be reading your books. Absolutely. You're the kid, but you're also the adult writing the story. And you're also, you know, so there, there's certain things in there that you, as the adult, I, I don't want uh, in the story. So where, like I was saying, in adult comics, there's a lot of violence and that you resolve a problem through a punch up, you know, Wolverine generally doesn't have a, a meeting with someone and sits down and have, you know, kind of talks, <laughs> out, you know, he, he, you know, he punches someone. And that's not something that I want in my comics for kids, you know, so that's mm-hmm. the adult. But then as a, there's a, the child in me feeling these new experiences at a new school or feeling anxiety around the water or what have you, I, I'm that kid. And, and I, and I, and I feel that thoroughly in, um, so yeah, it, it, it's really inter- it's interesting writing for the space because it's like separate use writing this story, which is a really interesting experience. Cool. So what were the comics that made you want to draw comics? I would say for this type of thing, Calvin and Hobbes for sure was huge for me. Epic. I liked Peanuts a lot. There was this one, um, uh, Curtis, I, I digged Curtis quite a bit. Uh, it was the only like newspaper strip that I saw with, with like a, a black kid in it. And that, that was really cool. It was just this kid just doing his thing, you know? And then when I got older, Jim Lee's X-Men comics really had a huge impact on me. With the newspaper comics, I knew those were people. I, I was like, okay, I, I know who Watterson is. I know who, you know, uh, you know, Schultz is. But with the superhero comics, they felt a little bit more like, not to belittle any of the, the good work that people have done there, but a lot of it felt like a really well-made table or chair, you know? So you see it and you don't really think about who made this table or chair. You think, oh, there's always tables and chairs. Like they're all, they always exist. And it was like a part of my brain that almost felt like it was not machine made, but they just exist. I didn't think about the auteur behind it. But then when I saw Jim Lee's comics, I was like, oh, this is a person. Like, that's an actual person. And 
I can see this person's personality. And then I hunted down everybody else in comics on that side of comics that had a personality in their art, you know. So and that helped me want to to be a cartoonist because I thought, oh, okay, I don't have to be machine made and I could do these stories as I was moving along with my contemporaries that have a bit of personality can get some personality of myself into it. And then of course, once I uh, found Jaime Hernandez, it was like, it was, forget <laughs> it. Like at that point, it was, it was like, not only could I do art in, in my own voice, I, but I could tell stories that are very unique and, and personal and that aren't about, you know, punch-ups or, or anything like that. And that could be beautiful and poetic and and Love and Rockets is like just as expansive a universe as like the Marvel or DC universe. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it, there there are no real superheroes involved. It's it's great. I love Love and Rockets. Yeah, it's so incredible. Like you, you see like branches out from this one neighborhood, all the all the characters in the neighborhood, all their motivations, all their hopes and dreams and fears. And then they go to another neighborhood and over time and you know, marriage, divorce, this, that. And it's <sighs> so beautiful. And uh and but it but it keeps all the focus right down on that human level, which is which is so wonderful. He's never like you know too far above looking down on the world. It's like you're just right in it. That's a really varied list of inspirational comics. Yeah, it's just, I just can't get my I, can't, I just want to grab all of them. So tell me a little bit about how libraries have shaped your reading, writing, and or drawing life. Uh, libraries have been super important for me because they're very like as a kid they were a place where you could you could hang out and and be and and take your time and mm-hmm. and it was a place where parent parents and adults were okay with you spending a lot of time hanging out at because it was a library it was, it was a safe place and there was this one really large library you know maybe 10 minutes walk from my house called the North Dade Regional Library. I'll always remember it was massive in uh, in Miami. And it was this giant library that had all this like information, you know, it's a library. So you can, you know, you could just like anything you, you could just kind of wander up and down and grab things. I could sit at these big desks, you know, tables that they had and doodle and, you know, hang out with friends, but then also just like, oh, right. Like what's going on with the whatever. And I can go, go do that. It was, it was very, very, very important to me. Uh, and then, of course, uh, other libraries as I as I moved along in life. Yeah, they're um, super important to me. And that wealth of knowledge and that that ability to to take the time to be in a space and kind of unfurl your thoughts and have a place to do that was was really, really important to me. You know, you could fully be wherever you want to be, you know, whenever you want to be, you know, actually yeah. in terms of, of the, the content that you could find there. And it was, it was immense, immensely like, I mean. I can't even calculate how important it's been to my development as a as a storyteller. Yeah, the the freedom to make your own choices about what you're learning was such a big deal. Yeah, yeah, like truly, like it, it didn't have to be filtered. And the librarians were so incredible. You could just ask them something, and they just point you in a direction, and and you kind of you know just have a bunch of books on the table and just like you know flipping through things and just kind of like getting little bits of disparate information and. Yeah, it was, it was super important. I remember the New York City uh, Library before so many images were available online. They had these incredible flat files that you can go to and like get images. With, or, it was just so helpful. I would just say it was just like, yeah, helpful is the word. It was just all this knowledge was accessible and, and your your curiosity wasn't bumping up against walls all the time. It just your curiosity would lead you somewhere and then you'd be rewarded with this knowledge that would lead you to another place. And you could just be pinging off <laughs> the walls of this library, I mean, getting all, you know, filling up on all this incredible um, 
uh, information. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful gift. What are some comics that you wish more people knew about? Yeah, there's so, so many. Uh, I've been reading these, uh, these comics called the Hoptown Mystery Stories that are kind of like uh, Nancy Drew meets, you know, Twin Peaks or something. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are out of, uh, I think, Nova Scotia or something. And uh, really, oh yeah, I know about really, those. Yeah, really fun. I love the, cool. I love the line work. I love the feel. All the teens have their own, you know, motivations, and and they're trying to figure out what they're trying to figure out and move through the world. And then there's just weird stuff happens suddenly, and you're like, what is going on? I love, I love, I love these. And uh, and one I just picked up like this week, and I just started plowing into it, and I'm really enjoying it so far. This one, uh, Go With The Flow, which is um, really, really cool. You know, the, the more topics, the better with, with comics. So I just, so anytime I see anything that's just kind of a topic outside of my own experience or my my own like uh, knowledge or, or just like something I haven't seen before in, mm-hmm. in North American comics, like let's have it. And and on top of that, it's really, really entertaining. So so those are the two that I'm, I'm thinking of right now uh, that I wish more people knew about. That's a really interesting combination of books too. Going back to like your interesting combination of comics that inspired you to be a cartoonist, like those two books together, really fascinating double feature. <laughs> <laughs> well, curiosity will take you to strange places, you know. So, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you again for joining us today, Johnny, and special thanks to Harper Collins Children's Books for making this interview possible. See you next time.